So, you want to save the world with clean energy? Make money doing it? Confused about the economic and technical realities of residential and commercial solar, batteries, heat pumps, EVs? Want the real-world scoop on new energy technologies, not manufacture hype? Then tune in to the Weekly Energy Show, hosted by Barry Cinnamon. Insights from Barry's 40-plus years in the solar and energy industry will help you understand the future ways we'll generate and consume energy. And now, here's Barry. Welcome to this week's Energy Show. Now, society is moving rapidly towards electrification. We'll all use more electricity. It's inevitable. But it's good for the climate. It's good for our health. And it's good for our economy with all the jobs that are being created. And this additional electricity is very inexpensive when you get it from rooftop solar and storage. But utilities have rigged the game for electricity distribution. We're required to buy power from them. And they have a monopoly on power delivery. It's a government-sponsored monopoly. But since they're able to influence the government, they pretty much get what they want. They manufacture energy shortages by restricting competition. And as that competition is restricted, the price that they sell electricity keeps going up. Simple economics. That's why monopolies are, are basically illegal. In this case, there is a regulated monopoly, but they're not being regulated well. And, and the fact of the matter is, and the reason this has to change is there are now, because of technology, because of solar technology, battery technology, wind generation, there are cheaper, faster, safer alternatives to get power for your home and your business. So effectively, this electrification is just taking off. It's like a roadblock on the highway after you've entered the highway. We're all on the electrification superhighway. There's a roadblock. The lanes are being narrowed. It's going to cost everybody more money. The utilities are encouraging electrification. It's good. They make more money. I get it. I understand. That's something good for them. <laughs> utilities are replacing the gas station, the filling station. But what's not kosher is they're discouraging other fast and inexpensive ways of supplying that power. The impact hits all ratepayers, especially middle-income and low-income people that are kind of trapped. They pay a higher percentage of their income on electricity. It's basically a regressive expense. As a result, energy costs are going through the roof. It's pure, unadulterated, unregulated capitalism. It's ironic since they're supposed to be regulated. I kind of look at this whole growth in the electrification industry, and there's probably a trillion dollars that will be spent in the U.S. every year on various forms of electrification. Billions for building electrification and for electric vehicles and building out that infrastructure. Billions for wind and solar projects and billions for upgrading our electrical infrastructure. That's putting in new transmission power lines, upgrading the distribution system, substations with batteries, things like that. And remember, every dollar of tax credit or every dollar of rebate is often backed up by two or three more private sector dollars. So if you see that there's $500 billion out there for incentives, you can pretty much count on two or three billion dollars that is going to be totally spent in the process of those projects. So the good news is the supply of electricity can be enormous. We have the Inflation Reduction Act. We have local incentives. It's simple economics. And the good news is the payback for rooftop solar is really fast, still four to eight years in most locations. The reality is it makes sense, the most sense, to generate power on the roof of the buildings that use it. 
Every building with a sunny roof is a power plant. Why? Because those projects can be moved ahead very quickly. Companies can put solar on the roof in six months. Homeowners can do it in one month. There's no power loss because the power goes directly into the house. And when you're starting to talk about vehicle charging, there's new technologies out there so that you can charge the DC battery in your car up with DC power from the rooftop solar system. Very, very elegant, very, very efficient. Now, you may know California switched to a new solar reimbursement program that replaced net metering. It's called net billing tariff. Now, even under these new rules, rooftop solar paybacks are in the six to nine year range in California. Adding a battery makes more sense than ever. And that way you can almost completely avoid buying utility power at the super peak rate times, which are typically from 4 to 9 p.m. In my house here in Silicon Valley, it's 56 cents a kilowatt hour, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. I have some batteries and basically I can run my house summer or winter completely from those batteries from 4 to 9 p.m. and I don't have to pay those outrageous rates. And because we're continuing to electrify our homes with more EVs, with heat pump water heaters, with heat pump HVAC systems, induction cooktops, we're all going to need this extra solar power generation. Now, some good news. California's leading the country towards electrification. Unfortunately, sometimes leaders get arrows in their back and we're, we're getting poked with a few. California, good news, is mandating all cars sold by 2035 be electric. All new construction, homes and commercial buildings must have solar and storage. All homes and commercial buildings that are being built should be heated with heat pumps. No more gas hot water heaters. No more gas HVAC systems. No more furnaces. Cooking should be done with induction cooktop. There's some loopholes where if you're running a commercial kitchen, maybe you can still have a big flame. It's, you know, some people want that, but still it makes great sense to do all these things from an environmental standpoint, from a clean air and health standpoint, and from economic standpoints. But there's some big disadvantages. The fundamental one is the electric grid cannot support these electrification requirements. And the rate at which we're electrifying and, and even you know, the, the rate in which the climate is changing or it's getting hotter is going faster than our ability to build this new infrastructure. So we get blackouts every summer. We get blackouts in the winter too from storms and poor maintenance, but blackouts in the summer from power shortages. And this is going to happen all over the country. People get crazy high electric bills and the utilities get record profits. So we're getting blackouts. We're paying through the nose for electricity. We're experiencing blackouts and the profits of the utilities are going through the roof. Now, there are many ways to get inexpensive solar power to homes and businesses. You don't have to just do it on the roof. There's other things you can do. We'll talk about that. But the utilities actively discourage competitive sources of power. Here's some interesting facts. The utilities and their employees spent over $18 million last year in 2022 to influence the California government. What happened in California in 2022 was that net metering was canceled or net billing tariff, which is better for the utilities. Laws that were passed that require commercial buildings to do all of their solar and storage installations using a prevailing wage. And a law was passed in the legislature that requires income indexed electric bills. So the higher your income, the higher your electric bill is, regardless of how much power you're using. Now, so the results very clearly. Because of all this money that's being spent by utilities on lobbying, the results are policies that are good for utilities and terrible for customers. So we talked about some alternatives. What are some of the other things we can do instead of building power plants in the desert and long distance transmission lines? Three simple examples of easy to install, fast to implement competitive power sources for buildings and cars. First, community solar. It makes total sense for low income or middle income or any community where there's some open area, whether it's warehouse space, warehouse roofs, or brownfield 
fields or covered parking lots in malls to generate power on these sites and sell that power to nearby renters and apartment buildings. But utilities don't allow these community solar projects to be connected to the grid in California. That's why California is Although a pioneer, a complete laggard when it comes to community solar. It's the best way to get cheap solar power to low and middle income people, to people who are renting. And it's something that isn't happening at all in California. It's a travesty. All right, that's number one. Number two, rooftop solar, commercial and residential. We talked about it. We know it makes great economic sense. But utilities, by changing net metering and by creating these prevailing wage rules, by eliminating incentives, by delaying interconnections, they're making the costs for these rooftop solar systems artificially high. They could happen much faster. California, once again, is a real laggard when it comes to the cost for solar. There's incredible delays from the utilities. They've eliminated net metering and the other incentives out there, they're just just adding costs. Number three, EV charges. Now, if everybody's driving an EV, if EVs become ubiquitous, we need chargers to be ubiquitous. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to really go very far. We're going to have to, it's really a pain in the neck to, to charge up your car. If there was a filling station every hundred miles, we wouldn't be driving as many gas cars, but filling stations are on almost every single corner in urban and suburban areas. So what's the problem with utilities limiting EV chargers? They have a monopoly on the power that's delivered to those EV chargers. So they make out like bandits. The last time I used a fast charger on the highway, it cost me 46 cents a kilowatt hour. That was more than gasoline. Secondly, they're making it time consuming and expensive to install these EV chargers. It takes forever. Now, some of it's understandable because if you're putting in these level three high speed, high current, high voltage EV chargers, many of which operate just with DC. You need transformers and you need power pulled into those, but it takes a long time to put that equipment in. So utilities are restricting homes and businesses from putting in EV chargers in lots and lots of ways. Now, if you have an EV, let's just think about it. What's the best way for you to charge up your EV? Well, you want to charge your EV with two criteria. One, you want it to be convenient. One, you want it to be cheap. In California, electricity is really cheap during the day, and that's going to happen throughout the country. Why? Because there's so much solar and wind power generated during the day. We don't really use as much as being generated. That's when you want to have your EVs. You want to have that 100 kilowatt hour battery soaking up that power during the day. Where is your car during the day? Your car usually isn't at home. Your car's usually at work or at a parking lot somewhere. So we want chargers at companies and at parking lots, at malls, wherever you're parking your car. The problem is that utilities require in California prevailing wages for commercial solar and commercial EV charger installations. So it makes it more expensive for a company to put in commercial charging stations because they've got to do it at prevailing wages, which are much higher. The utilities have also eliminated net metering for commercial customers in California. So what happens is, you know, here's the example. If you have solar at a commercial building, if you're a building owner, the way it used to be is two out of seven days of the week during the weekend when nobody's working, you have excess power being generated. Nobody's parked in the lot. Nobody's, the lights aren't on. The computers aren't running. The the business isn't using a lot of power, but now you don't get any value for the power you're sending back. During those five days, during the week when people are working, there's tremendous benefits, but they've cut back on those benefits, you know, significantly. The second, utilities are discouraging companies from installing their EV chargers. And this is really subtle, but the way commercial electricity rates work in California, there's two parts. There's an energy charge, call it 20 cents a kilowatt hour. And then there's a demand charge based on the kilowatts they use, the power that's drawn at any one given time. And when your company gets to work in the morning and everybody plugs in their car at eight or nine in the morning, 
every car is demanding a lot of power and the demand charge for that company's electric bill that month goes through the roof. So it sounds like it's a great thing to offer to employees as a benefit, but it kind of comes back to bite you because it costs much more than you ordinarily think. And so there's utilities should be working to minimize this, but they don't want to do that because they'd rather sell electricity at the full rate without customer generated solar at roadside EV charging stations. You're forced to buy power from public charges at these sky high rates. Now I get it. Utilities want to make as much money as possible. They have an obligation to maximize their profits to stockholders. I get it. That's their job. That's the executive's job. And the executives get million dollar paychecks and bonuses when they're achieving these high profits. I kind of look back in California. They're also getting million dollars sign off bonuses. When I think back in California, some of these executives at failed utilities, PG&E is one of them, they get million dollar exit bonuses. When the company goes bankrupt, there's a new CEO comes in, the old one still gets a huge bonus. And the other thing that the utilities are doing is they, in order to maximize their profits, which maximizes the benefits to executives, they cut back on the maintenance. So when you hear about the maintenance not being done on transformers or there's wildfires caused by shorts on long distance transmission lines, they're not cutting the trees, they're not doing the trimming. That's because they're cutting back on maintenance to to boost profits. And it's something that our regulators aren't managing. Government regulation of utilities is completely inadequate in California. And I think most other states. That's why we're in this situation. So two things are inevitable. You can bank on it. First, on hot days, there will be many more blackouts. And this is going to continue for the foreseeable future until the grid infrastructure catches up with EVs, electrification, and climate change. And I see no indication that that's happening. Second, utilities are going to continue to raise their rates. They're driving home and business energy costs through the roof because when there's a shortage of something, they can charge more money for it. And that's what they're doing. It's just simple economics. So in California, and other states. It's a simple fact. The rate at which we're electrifying, putting in EVs, electrifying our homes and businesses, it's outpacing the electric grid infrastructure growth. It's a slow motion train wreck towards inadequate and expensive electricity, simply because utilities are enforcing their monopoly by influencing politicians. So how do we overcome these utility power roadblocks? Now, the best long-term solution, this is kind of what I think, I can just, you know, I can say whatever I want on this podcast, but it's my my view that the best long-term solution to preventing utilities from lobbying our government is to prevent utilities from using ratepayer dollars, money we spend to contribute to politicians and influence them. So I did a little bit of research recently. Guess who some of the biggest contributors to California government at all levels was in 2022? You're right. It's the utilities. The utilities spent over $18 million from January to October of 2022. That was when we were in the middle of the net metering fight. That's when we were in the middle of the prevailing wage fight. That's when we were in the middle of the income-based electricity fight. They won all that. They spent $18 million and that was the utilities and their partners. Essentially, the utilities have managed to buy and pay for our politicians. And as a result, the politicians and regulators regularly create policies that are pro-utility and anti-consumer. It's just so blatant in your face that at the CPUC in California, California Public Utilities Commission, they voted five to nothing to eliminate net metering and put a policy in place that was bad for all rate payers and only good for the utilities. So what happens? Electric rates go up, costs to install solar and storage go up, Cost to install EV chargers and use EV chargers go up. Projects are delayed. It happens again and again at states throughout the United States. So we need to prevent utilities from lobbying 
politicians, and regulators. They're using our money from our electricity payments to enforce their 100-year-old monopoly on electric distribution in spite of the fact that technology, solar, wind, storage, electrification, EVs, technology has jumped way ahead of that old obsolete business model. In the meantime, the best thing you can do is continue to electrify. It just makes all the sense in the world. Tremendous incentives to do so. And in order to pay for that electrification, generate your own inexpensive and reliable power. The paybacks, as we talked about, for residential and commercial solar are still fast. It's easy to add extra solar panels if you have an existing system to electrify your home. Put in a heat pump, you might need seven more solar panels. Get an EV, maybe you need five more solar panels. Your solar installer can do that, and then you're going to be basically covered, and you're going to get a good payback for that. And once you electrify, and with these crazy time-of-use rates, you're going to find that battery storage is a really good solution, both to keep the lights on in a blackout, and also to avoid those super peak electric rates. So that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at energyshow.biz and listen to the podcasts. So you want to save the world with clean energy? Make money doing it? Confused about the economic and technical realities of residential and commercial solar, batteries, heat pumps, EVs? Want the real-world scoop on new energy technologies, not manufacture hype? Then tune in to the Weekly Energy Show, hosted by Barry Cinnamon. Insights from Barry's 40-plus years in the solar and energy industry will help you understand the future ways we'll generate and consume energy. 